If you'll look with us in the Word of God in 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Thank you for the church. Thank the church and Brother Jones for everything. Thank the Lord for allowing us to be here. Thankful for meetings like this that churches host and pastors get a burden for and folks put their heart into it to serve others and then we all just get a blessing from it, don't we? Amen. And I thank the Lord for it. Appreciate all my preaching, brethren, here tonight. 2 Samuel 15, I'll read verses 1 through about verse 6 tonight. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate... And it was so that when any man had a controversy, came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, O that I were made a judge in the land that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, uh, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner and on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. You can be seated. Appreciate you standing. I feel like I've done done my praying tonight and trying to get myself where uh, I could just try to be a vessel for the Lord, be a spokesman for Him tonight. You know, it's always good to make sure there ain't nothing between us and Him. And uh, I don't want nothing in between me and Him but the blood tonight. And uh, this has been on my heart for a few days, actually, and to this meeting, uh, for this meeting, it's been on my heart, and I want to try to preach from verse 6 where uh, from the phrase Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Absalom stole their hearts. And uh, my, uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this and uh, looking in the Word of God here at how he, his strategy and what he did to steal their hearts. Thinking about it tonight and in my life just looking... Uh, at people that I have seen this happen in their life, how that something evil came, something anti-God, something that wasn't of the Lord, something that really was bad for them come, whether it was an individual, a thing through a lust, or whatever it might have been, it it stole their heart, It, it won their heart, it got the allegiance of their heart, and they committed themselves to it in blindness and went after whatever it might have been, and Many I see, they're still on that path following that, and some have resulted in destruction tonight. And there's a lot to be said about this. This is a fearful thought uh, to think about. If you read in your Bible what he did and how these men went after him and, and followed after him and the end of his end and their end because of who they swore allegiance to. And uh, in, my, in my Bible, I might read a verse here and... Uh, in uh, Proverbs 4, uh, verse 23, it says, Keep thy heart 
with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And I hadn't thought of this till just studying a little yesterday and looking back over some of this. I have, I've told people I have a purple heart. But my daughter, Haven, give that to me a good while back, a couple years ago. I was leaving for a meeting and she brought this to me and put that in my Bible. And she told me that wherever I went, I had her heart. Now that humbles me and, 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 and moves me. Now she, she, I have three daughters and, and uh, I, at a time in all of their lives, I, I have really had their heart. I mean, they were all at some point daddy's girls. Now they all are still, but they're growing up now. And my oldest one is 14 and I see her somewhat kind of wanting to, you know, go on all her hardest, not as it was with me. She's somewhat, not in a bad way, but just growing into a young lady and somewhat independent in ways that she wasn't at one time. And that's scary for me. And I asked your prayers for her, and not just her, but all of my family tonight, because I know there's one that would love to steal their heart. And, uh, and, and, and thinking of this tonight about my little girl, my little girl Haven, she's not... That's not happened to her yet. She was real clingy to me and, and my wife teaches them there at home and this has been happening for a while now. She says, I don't do good when you're gone. I don't do good in school. I just don't do good, Daddy. And uh, she'll hug on me uh, more so for a day or two before I go. And she started doing that again in the last few days. And I said, are you, I said, are you doing this because I'm leaving? And she said, I am. And I said, well, I'll be back and it's okay. And I need you to do good in school for me. And I just talk to her. And I, I love her. And I want to say tonight I've got her heart. But there'll come a day that, that, that the only one I want to have it besides me is the Lord. I want Him to have it. And I'd gladly give it to Him. But if He ain't got it, I want it. And, uh, and I don't want her heart to be stolen away. I want to I want to educate my children through the Word of God, and I want to warn them, and I want my life and my wife's life and people around them to be an example to them that they would understand and have the wisdom of, of present dangers and and what the enemy would like to do uh, to their heart. Now I know they're young and they they can't perceive that, and even in our own lives, even so, we sometimes we can't perceive the danger, but the danger is there tonight. And so in, in, in preaching tonight, I guess I might address tonight, you here, if you're here and unsaved tonight, there is one who is after your heart. There is one who wants to steal your heart. And, and in, in preaching, I, I'm not preaching about the Lord yet. The, the spirit of Absalom is alive and well today. I mean, th- this, this one who is not the anointed one, the one who does not uh, really uh, deserve your heart, wants your heart tonight. And, and he'll do whatever. He has his own interest in mind, not yours, but, but he will make you feel like that he is worthy of your heart, that he's worthy of your service and worthy of your devotion. And it would, the only thing really that can guard you from that is God and, and the Word of God and the protection of God and, and wisdom that God can give 
parents and people and then your own wisdom. And it's got to come from God. And so uh, the Bible says that uh, Absalom was a beautiful man. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 14 in verse 25, we, of course we know he was the son of David. We know he murdered his brother. We know he has, has fled and then he's come back in. Joab has brought him back in and there's been a span of time that he has not seen the king's face. And, and the word of God tells us this about him. Uh, that uh, in all of Israel there was none uh, so much to be praised as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head there was no blemish in him. And the Bible speaks of his hair it says and when he pulled his hair for it was every uh, year's end that he pulled it because the hair was, got heavy upon him therefore he pulled it he weighed the hair of his head uh, at 200 shekels after uh, the king away. And so he was uh, fair to look upon. I mean, he, he had beauty about him. And Satan will, will make things look appealing to you tonight. I mean, he, he will make it beautiful to you. He will make you feel like that that is really the life that you deserve. That is the life that you want. But he is a deceiver. And so your heart as well is deceivable. The Bible said that the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked about Above all, who can know it? God searches the heart. God tries the heart. So you need to keep your heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, about 26, I think it is the writer said, let's turn there right quickly. Uh, He said, uh, my son, give me thine heart and let thine heart observe my ways. Of course, there's much wisdom here and there is in context. You know, parenting here and the son, the father, the mother, the child. but uh, it is a warning here and I'll make it to that later but God wants your heart now I've heard it said in the altar as a young boy they like give your heart to God and I've heard that somewhat criticized and preachers would say well uh, your heart is no good and that's true I understand that I know that we have to be regenerated I know that uh, the Lord had told Ezekiel I'll take out the stony heart and I'll replace it with a fleshly heart but in sense tonight the heart is your your allegiance and your affection. It's who you pledge true to. And that's what God wants is your heart. He wants you to love Him. Of the Ten Commandments, one of them is to love the Lord with all thy heart. You shouldn't have any gods before Him. And so He wants to be and deserves to be and will be number one. He'll not play second fiddle tonight. He wants your heart. He wants all of your being. And you can trust Him with your heart tonight. You can't trust uh, uh, many people or things with your heart but I'm glad we can lay our heart before God and say that that is so precious to me God where everything is tender where everything is affected where my whole life is affected I lay it before you tonight and I pledge my heart to you don't let abstinence steal your heart tonight with his beauty tonight. I mean, it was fire to look upon uh, the way of the cross. You know, uh, it isn't appealing to the world. The cross, the preacher of the cross comes with a death penalty and self-denial. But that's where life is found. That's where happiness is when we come before God and we yield ourselves to him and we give him our heart tonight. I'm glad that he's got my heart. What about you? 
I'm counting on him to guard it. Oh, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and we're to hide them in our hearts that we might not sin against God. But Absalom took their hearts. He stole them. He stepped in the place of the true anointed one, his father David, and stepped in the place of David and came in between him and the people and stood in the gate. And when they would come with any matter of judgment, he would say, it's all right. It's okay. It's everything's taken care of. Oh, I would that I was the judge, he said. that There's none deputized or deputed of the king. There's really nobody but would you let me take care of it? And as they would come and bow to him and give obeisance to him, he would kiss them with a kiss of deceit and make draw them into his trap and make them feel like that he really cared about them. Satan doesn't care about you. He just hates God and wants to rob your soul and take any glory he can from God. He doesn't want you ever to sing in a choir. He doesn't want you to ever live for God. He doesn't ever want you to study God's Word. He doesn't want you to honor your parents. He doesn't want anything that you might could give to God. He wants that for Himself. And in to get that, He has to steal your heart. And Absalom did this, and it says after this manner, He did this, and He stole the hearts of the men of Israel. The Bible tells us on down past where I read that he called 200 men to follow him. And it says they went in their simplicity and they knew not anything. Just followed him. Have you saw that? I have. Oh, the Bible speaks of those who lie and wait to deceive. The Bible speaks of those who deceive the hearts of the simple. And Satan likes easy prey. He likes wounded prey, vulnerable prey. And if you're young, you're vulnerable. Your flesh is strong, but your heart is weak. And you need something inside of you to give you power. You need something to redeem you from your depraved, lost state, to regenerate you and to put something into you where you can withstand temptation and things in life. I don't know if the man got saved or not. I... I mean, but I'm wanting to skip and rejoice a little in it. Time may tell, eternity will tell. But a few nights ago, God put me beside a man on his deathbed. He's still living, but he ain't got long. And I felt the unction of God, and I'm not real big on deathbed repentance, but he said, I've been praying for days, and I ain't found no peace. I said, are you right with God? He said, no. He said, I want to be. And I prayed and did my best to preach to him on his deathbed. And about a little while later, as I left him and I tried my best to do my best with the help of God family weeping all in the corners didn't know what to do he's facing eternity he's lost without God all I know is this that he said before I left he said it's okay now for once He said, for the first time, I can say it's okay. I say, praise the Lord. I remember telling him that God is merciful. The nature of my God is merciful. But I also, when I prayed with my family before I came down here, I told my girls what it looked like God had done. And my wife and I had witnessed that. But I told them that to never chance it like that. I said, don't ever do that, girls. Don't ever chance it like that. I said, that man pushed the limits. And I'm glad for a merciful God. 
God. But the will of God is that you remember the Creator in the days of your youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. I said that man missed it all. Oh yes, if he got born again, he's had the righteousness of Christ imputed upon him. He'll be in glory. He's escaped the flame. Thank God for that. But not one reward, brother. Not nothing for a life of service. Wasted years. He lived for Satan all his life himself and wasted it all. And I do rejoice in the mercy of God tonight. But the message is, is if you hear his voice tonight, harden not your heart. The spirit of Absalom is after your heart to destroy you, to lure you away. And in your ignorance and simplicity to deny, he'll take you to a ruined end. Those that follow him had their end the same as he. Ahithophel sold out to him. He stole Ahithophel's heart and he hanged himself. Others swore allegiance to him and their end was the same. They were slaughtered. They were killed. Oh yes, Absalom, we know, spoke of his hair as he goes on and we know many things about the story. But the Word of God said that as he came in, he, did, he burnt Joab's fields and he committed uh, uh, whoredoms and fornications and, and vile sins. Uh, and we know that David has, has had to flee and left some concubines there. Uh, we know the story of Absalom. But there come a day that, that as you're riding that mule and that big old head of hair uh, caught in that oak and there he hanged they came and told Joab we found Absalom why didn't you cut him down and kill him and Joab sought him out and thrust him through with three darts and he died and he cut him down from there and the Bible said he put him in a pit the word of God said there's a place of Absalom's burial. Absalom had no sons and the word of God, nobody to carry on his name. And the Bible said he reared up a place and it's called Absalom's place. This spirit that's after you, this one, this wicked one that desires your soul, he's got his place, thank God. He's got his place. I rejoice in the end when a final blow is offered to Satan and he's thrown himself into a pit. But he won't be there alone tonight. He'll be there with millions and millions who he stole their heart. And if you don't, if God ain't got your heart tonight, if your heart does not belong to God, if he is not your Lord and your Savior tonight, you'll be there with him tonight. He took them and plunged them with him to a bitter end. All that followed him. That's right. Satan was cast off in the lake of fire, which is the second death. All them whose names are not found written in the book of life be cast off into the lake of fire, which is the second death. I know we could get in the judgment tonight, but I'm, I believe in simple preaching. God's able to work it. I'm not dealing with those things exactly in their, in their context. But I know tonight that Satan does have his place. He, he speaks of the, of the judgment of the nations and where he gathers them together. He speaks of them on the right and them on to the left. And he sends them to their place prepared for the devil and his angels. The Lord come into this world to save sinners. I remember the first time I walked in this church several years ago. I, y'all had just, I found out the day maybe y'all just had done the remodeling and I saw those. Now, I was intimidated by the size because all I'd ever preached in was them little bitty country churches. And I came in here and I was shaking all over. And there was an elder brother back there with a pair of overalls on it. Give me a buckeye. And I put it in my pocket and I can't tell you what that done for me. 
I just I said, brother, you have made me feel at home. I thought these people ain't no different than I am. But I want to tell you, they preached this to me in a little old white-sided country church. They said, there's one after my soul and there's another after my soul. And I'm glad I found him who loved my soul. Oh, I'm glad I found the Lord. I'm glad I found a place one night of refuge. I found a place to lay my heart down. I found a place to rest my head. I found comfort. I found peace. I found one to guide me one night. And I don't even trust my own heart like I trust Him. If my heart leads me one way and His Word says another, I'll choose His Word every time. Oh yes, because He knows people do something. Oh, God knows my heart. You better believe He does. He does tonight. But And so tonight, if you're unsaved, I'd recommend the Lord to you. I tell you to get in while you can. When the Lord comes and deals and talks to you, He set it up for you tonight. My friend, Lord willing, I'll leave either tonight after the service or in the morning and go back to preach the funeral tomorrow of a dear friend of mine. He was an aged man. He, he got old on me. And I got old on him. We bird hunted and rabbit hunted together as a boy, fished together. He was a successful man. Didn't get saved. He was in his 50s. But at 16 years old, he said he came to an altar and knelt down. And he said, I was ready to give it all to God. And all of a sudden, something come in between me and God. And I didn't, I just, and I, and I, and I didn't get saved. He said, I departed. And he said, what was so small turned into a big old mountain and I could never get past it. Finally, heart trouble came in. He got, he got word about his soul. Here come the grace of God and the mercy of God and the long suffering of God dealt with his heart. And he got saved at about 51 years old. And he just began to live. But he sat one night on a little mourner's bench at the country church with a guitar and picked a little old song he wrote called God Moved a Mountain So I Could Pass By. And he was thankful for the grace of God. He was laying on his deathbed last Saturday singing that song, Precious Jesus, Hold My Hand. His, his medicine got to messing with him. He was so peaceful. He'd reach and pick oranges and fruit and fish a little while and work his turkey call. The other night, his daughter said, Dad, if you want to fight this thing, I'll be right here with you. But if you want to go home to be with the Lord, you go right ahead. He checked out of here the next morning at 7.30. This is a good way. This is a good way. You'll never do wrong giving it to God. You'll never do wrong. This, this Satan's a liar. The spirit of Absalom's still alive tonight. I want to say this, I don't know how far I need to go tonight, but if you're a young lady, if that young man does not know God, if God does not have his heart, he's not worthy of yours. You better stay away tonight. Be careful who you give your heart to. Oh yes, we had a marriage back home. This young lady talked, had this song sung that talked about who I seen the Lord in. It was Daddy and Jesus and you. Boy, I thought it was good. I thought that was appropriate. Thank God for people that God's got your heart. Oh yes, I wanted to have mine, my affection, everything about me. Absalom stole it away. He stole it away. They followed him in their ignorance and in their simplicity tonight. How embarrassing. It was for them to wake up one day and realize that they had bought into those lies, that they had allowed that to happen. Oh, what a fool that they was. When I think of Absalom, I think of that hair, you know. It's a shame for a man to have long hair. You know, uh, for a woman, it's, it's glory unto her. But for a man, it's shame. But the Bible speaks of these false prophets, false teachers. It says that their glory is their shame. 
And I thought of how the shameful death of Absalom. No sons, no heritage. But I'm glad I know one who's got a son. And I know one who's got another son. And I believe he's got many sons. I know one. I know the great father. And I know even the father's love here. David, his own son. And when Absalom was slain, David's love for him, he cried, Absalom, oh, is the young man safe? And he was not safe. Sin had had its way. It had run its course. And it had finished with Absalom. Is the, son, is the young man safe? And he wasn't safe. Joab said, don't bring no good tidings today, for the king's son is dead. When word come to him, David wept and said, Absalom, Absalom, my son, would to God, I'd have died for thee. Joab went and talked some senses into him and said, what's wrong with you? You're, this son, he, he was wicked. He, he's dead. But, but, but God has been good. And he said, it seems like if all of us had died and... Absalom had lived, it would have pleased you more. He said, I promise you, if you don't go speak right to the people, all that's befell you before in life, it's going to be worse now, from now on. And Absalom was dead, and I rejoice in this. I'm tired of seeing hearts getting stolen. It's weary to us, ain't it, preacher? I'm tired of seeing hearts getting stolen. I think about this, and they begin to converse, Absalom is dead, and they began to talk among themselves. They said, now that Absalom is dead. He said, why is it? I don't hear anybody talking about bringing back the king. Oh, I'm glad one of these days the king's coming back. Maybe in your life, just let me make this application. Maybe he's been king, but you've kind of withdrew allegiance to him and followed after something and he, he doesn't have your heart anymore. And I'm not talking about being saved today, lost tomorrow, being saved again. But I think you know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you, maybe you ought to bring the king back in. I remember an Old Testament God that, that they stood up and, 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 and then he was thrown off, dethroned and, and his head broke off. Who, what was that? Dagon? And then the people had to come in and set him back up and put him in his place. I believe we need to put God back in his place again. Now we can't put God in his place, but he has a rightful place upon the throne of our hearts. And maybe not all tonight are yielding to His lead tonight. Maybe not all tonight are obeying His voice. Maybe not all tonight are adhering to His counsel. And maybe you need to repent of that. Maybe the thief has come and He comes to steal, and not only to steal, but to destroy. The Bible says our adversary the devil seeketh as a roaring lion. We, even if we're born again, He's still our adversary. He, he, he seeks to devour to devour your testimony, to devour your influence. You moms and dads, things ain't right. You're trying to raise kids. Do you understand? He's after their heart. He's after them. You say, that fear makes me fear. Flee to the Lord. Flee to your refuge. The fear of God is to design to help us. Don't you believe that? The reverential awe and fear of God is designed to drive us to Him, to the only safe place. The only safe place tonight's in the will of God. But Absalom stole their hearts. I believe there's a people tonight, even here, that's crying, Lord, bring back the King. Bring back the King. The one we have swore allegiance to. The anointed one. 
He's the one we want to rule and reign. He's going to, thank God. He is now, but they just don't see it yet. And we don't see it yet. Not all enemies are put under His feet. But 1 Corinthians 15 says He will reign and must reign. And the brother preached a little of it last night. I mean, until His enemies become His footstool. Thank God for the true King tonight. But that spirit of absence still lives tonight. In many ways, if you want to do typology, he's a type of Satan or the Antichrist, the false, the false anointed one, the one who's who's and, and not in his, but he steps in between. There ain't but one mediator between man and God, and that's Christ. But but absence stepped in between the king and the people and lured them away and deceived them and stole their heart tonight. I pray you wouldn't let him steal your heart. I pray you'd put your heart in a secure place tonight. I pray you'd pledge it to God. I pray you'd give it to God. Maybe you need to pray tonight. I'm going to step aside. The other brother will come after a while. I appreciate him last night. I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate the Word of God he put in my heart. Don't let him steal your heart tonight. Don't let him steal your heart. Amen.